Friends, welcome to a, a unique episode here on The Thinking Tree. Uh, Jeff and I are wanting to take the opportunity to discuss a very current event. In the last, uh, in the last several days, the world has been um, on pins and needles really watching the atrocities and the horrors of what has been going on mm. in Israel. And there's a lot that can be said. And so today we want to ask an important question. How should Christians respond to the current war in Israel? So today, as we're recording this, it is Wednesday, October 11th. And we've seen, we've seen a lot since the weekend. Well, we've seen uh, Saturday morning, I think we all woke up to the news. Yeah, that, the shock of it. That there had been a massive attack from a terrorist organization based out of the Gaza Strip in southern Israel mm-hmm. uh, into into Israel, and that there were many casualties, and that has since ballooned uh, from the initial shock of paratrooping uh, soldiers yeah. and 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 ground offensive, in addition to rocket offensives, uh, to the butchering of people, the butchering of civilians, the butchering of women and children. Yeah, uh, just atrocious um, sights and, and stories that we've been hearing. And there's a lot of history mm-hmm. uh, to discuss, um, but it is important that we recognize where we are at um, as we've heard the news. Um, so we've heard of the gunmen, we've heard of the indiscriminate killing, we've heard of the kidnappings. Mm-hmm. Um, most, most of the nations on the earth are condemning uh, these actions by Hamas. Um, but Jeff, as you've been watching the news, I know you know we're paying attention to these outlets. We're trying to understand what is actually going on. Uh, what are some of the things that you've witnessed so far uh, in the last several days? Yeah, so I, I follow a lot of interesting accounts on Twitter, on-the-ground on Israeli accounts, uh, trying to get trying to go around the mainstream media mm-hmm. in the West just because it's going to be sanitized. Yeah. And it's not that I want to see, you know, gruesome images, but I want to see what's really happening so I can understand the extent of it. And uh, man, it, it, I cried. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, I cried Saturday morning because uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It just, it was crazy. So you have to sort of understand the geography down in that part of the world. So yeah, they broke through the security border, the fence, uh, using technology that I don't think Israel understood had been smuggled into Gaza. Yeah. And so it surprised uh, the Israeli, a great uh, intelligence failure hmm. on their part. And they're going to have to fix that. Uh, overran the, the guard stations locally there and killed a lot of Israeli soldiers. Yeah. But the, the really tragic thing was the music festival yeah. that was going on. And 260 young people, teenagers in their 20s, slaughtered. Just, who were who were there celebrating peace? Yes, they were there to celebrate peace, and um, and naive and didn't understand what was happening, and and they just got cut down like animals. Mm. The you have to understand. You heard about these little kibbutzes, yeah, uh, in southern Israel. They're very isolated communities mm-hmm. with not much around, and yeah. they're very self sustaining, and, and they're proud of that, which is great. But then, if you don't have weapons, uh, and these guys come in with with heavy weapons. Uh, it's shooting fish in a barrel. And the things that they did in these kibbutzes with these communities that couldn't defend themselves, yeah. you, you, can't even, you can't even describe it, how awful it yeah. is. Uh, babies butchered and women raped and the kidnappings, which may be worse than the killings. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 it's the sickest thing since ISIS, that's for sure. And you're seeing a lot of that now. Hamas has learned from ISIS. They, they've, they've just used the same tactics. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so it's absolutely terrific so or horrible. So this, now we're talking, like you said, on Wednesday. This isn't going to post until five days from now. So yeah. things could look different. It could be better, could be worse. But as of right now, tonight, as we're, as we're recording this, it's, uh, it's hard to watch. Now, there's a lot of history. Yeah. And we both alluded yeah. to it. This is not as simple as no. there's a modern day conflict here. Right. Uh, there is some history that goes back 50, <laughs> 60 years, and then there's history that goes back 4,000 years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah there's, there's ancient history yeah. here, and then there's modern history. I think it would be helpful for our listeners. Uh, we're not trying to be the exhaustive yeah. um, experts on it, but I think it is good and part of the narrative yeah. uh, that we're discussing. And, and that's in, it's in by nature a part of this um, when we're, we're discussing the history. You know, both of us have been had the privilege of going to Israel. Yeah, we've had the privilege of talking with Israelis. Mm-hmm. We've had the privilege of talking with Israelis who have served um, in the military and who have even been inhabiting the land for those forty or fifty years, mm-hmm. um, and so ha- have remembered uh, what it was like. <clears throat> yeah. In this, uh, there, I think there's some, a couple key points um, uh, in history, and we can go beyond that as well, but I think a couple of big ones that I, that I think bear mentioning. Uh, we're talking about the formal delineation of land as we see it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going back to the 1960s, yeah. and we're going to um, an event that, you, that we call the Six-Day War, um, but an event that really established the modern lines. It, yeah. it established... 67 lines. You hear it yeah. mentioned a lot, right? Right. Yeah, and even though Gaza wasn't in its current form back then, right. um, because that was later, I think that was a, a big moment that they keep going back to. Right. Because that from that moment is then when they had their intifa- intifadas and right, right. what came from there. Right. So there, that's a big moment. Yeah. Um, another big moment that goes before that uh, would be if we're talking about what happens in scripture um, in Israel. And there, a lot can be said about that. Yeah. Um, now, if we don't go super far back, we just want to go to modern what's going on with Gaza today. And we were talking about this. We're, we're going to talk about when Gaza was essentially released from right. Israel's care. Right. Meaning before uh, in, in the 90s and in early 2000, early 2000 right. um, there was an Israeli presence Inside Gaza, yes. there were settlements and, and there were people living there. And it was only because of a certain accord right. that the I- Israelis left Gaza and then set up a, a block, you know, essentially an area. Yes. Um, and so that was a unique time as well. So there are these kind of these landmarks. And yeah. I didn't mention them chrono- chronologically because I don't think that they're just in the chronology. These are, these are big moments for people. Some are bigger than others. You know, today you may be watching the news and a Palestinian supporter or somebody who's, you know, uh, sensitive to the plight of Palestine in general or the, mm. the people that are Palestinian, uh, they may emphasize that what happened in 2003, mm. uh, 2005. Or you may have somebody who's older and who may say, but going back, to them taking our land in 67. And, yeah. you know, and so depending on who you're talking to may be a bigger thing. And then you might have people who are hardline um, you know, extremists who yeah. are saying, you know, according to Quran, I need to, yep. and I'm not going to finish this statement because they're already doing it right. or trying to do it. So in terms of those things, what are, what are some of those, those uh, big moments as you think about the history of Israel? Well, yeah, and, and everything comes back to the claim on the land. And, so you, and you, see the, you see people arguing it over the, uh, all, all over the place and a lot of times without real knowledge. Yeah. But it's like, it's like any other argument. In any, in any land in the entire globe, 
there has been exchanges of, of control and ownership, right? Wars are fought. There's consequences of wars. Every single nation on the earth has been conquered over and over mm-hmm. and over again. So this particular piece of land, which is obviously very important for every Abrahamic faith, mm. right? Judaism, Christianity, Islam, it's, it's important land, but there's a long history going back to Abraham, right? Yeah. So it is a 4,000 year old story. And you've got all the promises given to the patriarchs that mm. we can read about in the book of Genesis. It's right there. You've got the conquering of Canaan, you know, from Moses to Joshua, the conquering of Canaan. And then there's a, the Romans play a huge part in this, which is amazing, getting in all the way up to the, accelerating yeah. into the New Testament. So you've got, you've, you've always had these Jewish kingdoms in the land. There's, there's no question about who the land belongs to. Unless you can dig up Canaanites, Today, yeah, um, the Jews are the people, the Hebrews that became the Israelites, that became the Jews, mm-hmm. right? They are the owners of the land. God gave it to them, but even more so, there's a claim there and yeah. there's a people that still exists. Correct. And, or ethnically. Uh, yes, even. right. Like I said, you can't yeah. find Canaanites today. So, cause it'd be nice to go beyond the Hebrews to the Canaanites, mm-hmm. right? But we can't find them. So that, but, so that matters. And it's the Romans then that really, they coined the, ta- the term Palestine. Correct. Um, for the region, for the region, not as a people, right? Around the year 132, there was a second revolt. We always know about the revolt in 70. There's mm-hmm. a second revolt in 132 called the Bar Kokhba revolt, and after that, the Jews are expelled from the city. Hadrian, the emperor, comes in and rebuilds the area, rebuilds Jerusalem as a Roman city. Right, messes everything up. By the way, for for touring, mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he paves over roads. Oh yeah, exactly, thing, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, and so and so he names it Palestine after the Jews' greatest enemy, the Philistines. That's mm-hmm. where that comes from. So there is no such thing. Like I think you said, there's no really no so no such areas as Palestine in ancient history. Correct. There is no such thing as a Palestinian. Correct. Um, as a people group, as a people group, they're Arabs Correct. From, from all from all over the region. Yeah. So so these things get really messed up, and maybe I'll do an unshakable about this yeah. at some point. I mean, I think right. that'd be helpful. I mean, just to I know you want to say more, but to yeah. piggyback off of what you're saying about the name, I do think that that matters as we're trying to understand what's going on right now. There's one thing to say, you know, oh, if he's you know Korean, that you know, if we now hate Koreans, like this, right. is, this is a very fierce line to draw to yeah. say, hey, Koreans. However, and I'm not advocating the hate of Palestinians, but the reality of calling somebody a Palestinian is more like calling somebody where they're regionally located. Like, mm. oh, I'm a Southern Californian. Yeah. That's really what it's more like. Right. But there is actually a, a longer lineage to me or a different ethnicity uh, that Southern Californian doesn't describe ethnicity. Right. It doesn't diminish the value of human life. That right. does not diminish the value of human worth. That is not making a statement, a qualitative statement about the people who inhabit the land or who we, who our culture calls Palestinian. Yeah. But I think that is helpful as we're trying to understand what's going on in the region, yeah. that we're not talking about Israelis and Palestinians. We're yeah. talking about Israelis and Arabs from other nations who have come into, right. particularly into Gaza and then uh, really have formed... Uh, the terrorist organization known as Hamas. Hamas yeah. is not a, an organization of Palestinians, just to be really right. clear. It's, right. it's an organization based of Arabs right. who from multiple nations who are not from Israel. The founder uh, lives in Qatar. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if most people know that. Right. I think sometimes they think it's just these people who have always lived there. Right. There are some people who, who are, you know, who we may refer to as a Palestinian who do have lineage yeah. in the land. Yeah. You know, hundreds right. Of, of years, course. Right. Hundreds and hundreds of years. Well, and, and if I can pick up on the history then, because the Arabs do conquer the land. Correct. 
in the seventh century AD. So think about the math on this. The Jews have a claim on the land going back to the 15th century BC, mm-hmm. 15 centuries later. By the way, in between that, so so the Arabs conquer it in around 635 AD. In between that, you have the area being Christianized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've got Constantine and you've got the Byzantine yep. rule over the area. Yep. So it goes from the Jews to the Christians and finally to the Arabs, to the Muslims, The brand, mm-hmm. this brand new religion called Islam in the seventh century AD. Correct. And yes, the Arabs then hold the majority in that area. By the way, still coexisted with Jews mm-hmm. all through this period. And Christians. And Christians. Yeah. We, we all live together. But the, the Arabs do control that land up until about the 13th century and the Mamluks come in. They're Egyptian. The, and the, they take control. And then the Ottomans conquer mm-hmm. the area and it becomes Turkish. Mm-hmm. So for the for for Arab Palestinians to say, well, this is our land, it's... It's a it's a specious claim. Not only does it, is it not the most ancient claim by a long shot, but what okay? What about the Turks? Mm-hmm. What about the Ottomans? There well, are many other groups. Yeah, exactly. Now the Ottomans were on the losing side of World War One. Mm-hmm. They they fought with the Axis, yep. and that's what gave the British control over the area, and that's what led to the Zionist movement, mm-hmm. and that's what led to the UN getting involved. You know, after World War Two. So yeah. you have so you have nineteen forty eight. So you have three three major wars fought by the Jews, 48, 67, 73, mm. to hold on to the land. And then, like you said, fast forward to, to 2005, that's where the Gaza Strip really becomes key. And what happened at that time was the Israelis want peace so bad. They really do. And this is what doesn't come out in the news as it should. They have offered and offered and offered. Now, they're not perfect in this. Correct. They have not always treated Palestinians well. We know that they're not perfect, but they over and over again have said, we're open to a, what they call a two-state a solution. Two-state solution yeah. So if you'll recognize our right to be here, which Hamas will not Correct. and will never, even Fatah, which is the more moderate group, doesn't will mm-hmm. refuse us to, exi- uh, to admit that Israel has a right to yeah, the land. Yeah, their motto says it all. Yeah, it's, it's you know, from the, from the river to the sea, you know, Palestine will be free. Well, that means from the Jordan to the Mediterranean. That means p- pushing the Jews into that the, into the exactly. ocean. Don't be fooled by the language. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. So, so the Jews, so the Israelis thought if we give, if we give the Palestinians this piece of land that we know is the Gaza Strip, um, then maybe we'll have peace. We'll give you land. So it was literally, it was, it was land for peace. And in 2005, Israel force relocated its own citizens out of that region and said to the Palestinians, go, it's a port city. Mm -hmm. There's lots of resources, go build it up. And to this day, people don't know this either. Israel has been providing them with electricity. Yep. So, and, and, and actual money, money's poured into Gaza to try to build it into an actual nation state. And it's been squandered. Yeah. And uh, and so then they the corruption. Put, yeah, exactly. And building for war. Hamas won their first election. Yep. And, and then there's been none since. That's the thing. That's the thing. So the so the land for peace didn't work. Hamas took over control. They run the government. They were allegedly voted in. That's I don't know. Maybe maybe not. But they were voted in. They have control. And so and um, most of their members come from other nations. Correct. And and they want to destroy Israel. Correct. That's that is their one goal. So. 
That's why the fence gets built. That's why it becomes, you've heard the phrase, it's an open air prison. Mm -hmm. That's, that's to some extent that's true because they can't leave. Right. But they have everything they need there to build a life and to build a nation state yes. if they want to, if they will just seek peace and yeah. they will not do it. And part of the reason the overcrowding even exists yeah. today is that it is it is an enclave for supporters of the From the River to the Sea movement, yeah. of getting rid of Israel, the anti-Zionist movement. Yeah, uh, it, it is an enclave for them. They desire to go there. You don't have a population boom in an area that size. I mean, what is it, 25 miles by yeah. six or something? Yeah, it's it's barely bigger than the San Crito Valley. Yeah, you don't have a population boon from the hundred of thousands to the two million right. in 20 years without repatriation to some degree. Right. Uh, which you brought up um, the, the Zionist movement after World War One and Britain regained yeah. control. That is a fascinating time mm -hmm. uh, and does complicate things a little bit in terms of where we are today right. because there were Jews from around the world, particularly from Eastern Europe, who were relocating mm -hmm. to Israel in this pre-World War One. Uh, and so then, then you have the, I mean, part of the history of the kibbutzes, yeah. uh, you have these family units who are starting up a life and trying to reclaim family land or purchasing, mm -hmm. um, and trying to live a very simple life, uh, and as settlers really, like that's what they are. Right. They're peaceful right. settlers who are trying to live off the land right. and, right. uh, and trying to, to go back to their ethnic roots and right. that, right. um, those people are typically not the ones who wanted to go to, to war. They're not no. the ones who wanted to fight in 67 no. and 73. They're the ones who just said, can I just live peacefully? And they're right. the ones who were living in Gaza. Right. They're the ones who were living peacefully right. with other Arabs in Gaza yeah. prior to the formation of what we know today as the Gaza Strip and right. being separated. Right. They were the ones who were then relocated and it was their families who were the ones who were first attacked. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the lineage right. that's there. So you have this massive overpopulation that is not full of uh, only what we might term as like innocent civilians who would just were born there, you know, yes, some people were, right. but there are also some people there. And I would say at least a decent percentage of the population who's there who were from other nations yes, who do not want to see Israel exist mm. and are there to support Hamas right. and to see an end to right. the nation of Israel. Right. That makes this very complicated. Yeah. This is not the same even as you you opened up saying, hey, countries have wars. Yeah. You know, yes, they do. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're acknowledging. But then it's added complication yeah. because there is such a severe hatred yeah. for a people group here yeah. that is underlying the goal of Hamas, which is not as simple as, hey, we just want land. And I, I think I, I was talking to somebody about this and I don't remember, and it's probably generated a lot of heat, but this is quite a bit different than what is going on in Russia and Ukraine right now. Mm. Not, and I'm not trying to make an equivalence of one is better than the other or worse than the other, but I do think there are sub substantive differences here. Mm -hmm. In Ukraine, it's not, it's, there's not the same hatred that exists generationally right, here right. in You Israel. can't compare, yeah. What You cannot compare the Arab-Israeli hatred to anything else. It, it, it is, right. unlike anything right. else. Right. Uh, so when we look at that, even, even the war crimes that have been occurring in Ukraine are, are atrocious. We have uh, church friends uh, who are over there and, and it has been brutal. Mm. Even still, it has not been to the level of what we've seen in the last four days. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's been four days and five days, and we've seen some of the worst scenes that we've seen since World War II. Yeah, that's yeah. 
that's really wild to hear about stories of the butchering. Um, now, this does happen uh, in other places that we don't hear about. This happened in the Rwanda genocide. Yeah. This happened with Pol Pot. This happened with Idi Amin. There, there mm-hmm. are wicked people who have existed since World War II. Mm-hmm. But man, in our memories, yeah. <clears throat> it is hard to fathom this kind of wickedness because it's been, it's been a long time. And it's since, visible. Since we've seen Social it. media's changed yes. that. It's visible now. And, uh, and you see the stories and you see the body bags. And um, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It really is. I mean, so we should probably talk about, okay, so Israel, as we're, as we're again recording this tonight, they're, they're on the border of Gaza with some 700,000 soldiers ready to go in. Preparing an incursion. And um, the rocket barrages in Gaza have been severe. Everything's coming down. And, um, and neighborhoods I, are being leveled. And they, in, they intend to, to scrape it mm-hmm. until they get rid of Hamas. And I think, that ha- I think that, that's, the, that's the right goal because I think you and I would agree civilian casualties are always bad in war. Yeah. I, I, every Christian should be able to say that. Yeah. We don't want to ever take the position to say, no, we're, we are now for genocide because of what Hamas did. Hamas is, is a, a group of very wicked men. Does that mean we want an entire race of people wiped out? No, we want Hamas eliminated mm-hmm. from the earth because they're, they're in evil. We're, we're doing imp, you know, imprecatory Psalms right yeah. now. We're, we can ask the Lord to, to judge and punish those wicked men, yeah. but there will be innocents caught in the crossfire. Unfortunately. And that is heartbreaking as well. I'm, I'm not saying that Israel shouldn't do what they need to do. They have this scourge. It's like ISIS. I, everybody finally realized ISIS needed to be eliminated from the earth. They, everybody agreed. Mm-hmm. Civilization agreed. We have to get to that point with Hamas. Yeah. Because it's not going to change. And this is their enclave. And yes. that's the sad part. Yes. And they have chosen a tactic that they've used for their 20 years of existence. Yeah. Um, and has been used before by others. Honestly, it's a religious dynamic and maybe for another time we can go into why that is. But what they're doing is they do use human shields. They do. And with every uh, every bomb that we see, um, you know, launched from an Israeli jet or from Israel's side, Israel sends warnings, they send texts, they send calls, they tell people with, with notice, get out of this radius. Yes. So that you are not hurt. So the fact that we continue to see women and children as the ones who are dying and, and not as many men. And, yeah. and yeah. that is something that infuriates me Yeah, because these are not men mm. who, who fight with Hamas. Right. These, these are wicked, wicked individuals used by the enemy of enemies, yeah. used by the adversary. There is a spiritual component to wickedness. Uh, these hide behind women and children. There, there is nothing commendable, even, even in war, to do that. Yeah, uh, men are the ones who should be. If they want to fight, let, let them, them fight. Let them fight, right? But don't put the women and children in the way. And so, when you hear on the news, when they report, and they will, whether you watch NBC, Fox, CNN, doesn't matter who you're watching, BBC, they will tell you that out of Gaza, the majority of the casualties are women and children. Right. And you need to say why. Right. And when you think why aren't there men there, you have to know because they're putting the women and children in harm's way. Yeah to make a point yeah. for their cause. Yeah, you got to know that's been their strategy since 2005. Now, it's backfired on them this time. So mm-hmm. let me just explain. Since 2005, the strategy seems to have been 
we launch rockets, by the way, indiscriminately. They have no guidance on them. Correct. So they can land anywhere. Correct. We shoot these rockets. We try to kill some Israelis. We try to wreak some havoc. We try to terrorize them. And then when they fire back at us, we use our social media to say, oh, look at the children who have been killed by Israel. And the world reacts to that. And the UN condemns Israel. And everybody in the West gets all, we clutch our pearls. Mm. And, and Hamas wins. Yeah, they build they, the sympathy. Right. Yeah. They started it, but they win because they're, because they're good at that PR. And they're in the open air prison. Correct. So we're the oppressed class. And, and boy, we should probably talk about this as well. They have got the attention of, for example, uh, students on university campuses. Yeah. It's uh. atrocious. You've got students on university campuses coming out, uh, waving Palestinian flags and, and, and chanting, you know, from the, from the river to the yeah. sea. Uh, and they're not just, saying they're supporting Palestinian people, civilians. No. They're saying they support Hamas. Right. And, and, and they want Israel wiped out. Yeah. It's, it's atrocious. But they've always won with this strategy. This time, the grotesque nature of this attack has, I think, finally caused Israel to say, we're not playing that game anymore. Uh, we don't care how many social media shots you have of children. We need to finish this. And um, sadly, I think they do. I think they got to finish I it. I think one of the most heartbreaking videos that I saw over the weekend was after one of the kibbutzes had been raided and the men who had survived and whose families had been just desecrated uh, were taking bats and crowbars uh, pieces of metal and attacking the vehicles that the attackers had come in. Mm. And they were beating those vehicles with the ferocity as if they wow. were the attackers. And when they were interviewed afterwards, they said, I don't care if my country doesn't go in there, I'm going in there. Right. And when you think about that level of, of pain and heartache and the willingness to go and enact vengeance, yes, there's part of it where we say, ah, oh, that." We, we feel it. Yeah. And then there's part of us that breaks when we know that more violence is going to be yeah. the result. Yeah. And so we, we feel it. We feel the, yes, if my family is attacked, do I not want the vengeance? And at the same time to recognize this is going to be a cycle that yeah. continues. Right. And the thing is, it is. Yeah. This is the cycle that they've been in and it is heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and yeah, as believers, we, we've got to guard our hearts here because yeah, vengeance is, it belongs to the Lord, but we also need to oppose evil. Yes. And evil sometimes, like, like with ISIS is, the, is to me the ultimate example because they were nothing but evil incarnate. Yeah. And we all said, they just, you can't negotiate with that. It just right. needs to be wiped out. Right. And, and so- There's no rehabilitation. Right, yeah. right. So, so let's talk about those yeah. encouragements, Jeff, because you, you're helping us turn our hearts here. Vengeance is the Lord. So, yeah. you know, principally, I, I thought of a few principles that I think are helpful for believers. Uh, I think it can be really easy for us to jump to conclusions and to say, you know, whether it's right or wrong, or and I don't mean about the wicked things. I mean about how people feel about mm. Israel's a nation or, yeah. you know, if, you know, they're the believers today that are anti-Israel and it's weird to me because I yeah. think, you know, you're grafted in. The only reason you have a blessing is because of them. Like, right, you know, right, right. If, if Jesus didn't come to the Jews, you don't exist. Like, right, right. You, know, you have no hope anyways. You yeah. may exist, but you have no hope. So I, I think the first principle that I would give to believers is before you start talking, uh, listen. 
listen to gain understanding, listen to hear, you know, Proverbs one five encourages us to do that. Yeah. Um, and don't, don't be the fool that just lashes out. Proverbs 18, 13 cautions mm-hmm. us, you know, that quick response, responding without hearing is literally foolish. And, yeah. and I've already seen foolishness on social media. Yeah. I've seen a lot of foolishness from professing believers, um, you know, Twitter or X or whatever it's going to be called, uh, you know, that that is at the one point, like you mentioned, a spot where you can get raw news that's unfiltered. And and so that can help to inform. And then on the other side, you can get those people who, who did just want the soundbite. Right, and, right. And so those aren't the news things that you're getting, but you're seeing them and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, they, they serve in our, in our government. Yeah. And they profess Christ and mm-hmm. they're saying they're conservative and yet they're saying these things. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It can be really wild. So that's one principle. The second big one that I had and, and let you jump in here was just the grief and despair, the lament that we should have when we see wicked things. You know, you mentioned, you know, it yeah. brought you to tears on Saturday. I mean, there've been several nights I've just been up um, just praying um, not able to go to sleep, lo- losing sleep, waking up early, but not being able to get out of bed because I'm praying. Yeah. Um, there are, there are pastors that I know, uh, who are, who are in Israel, who have had their family members, uh, essentially drafted, um, into, yeah. into the war. Um, and, and this is, this is going to affect a lot of people, um, that many of us know. Uh, yeah. so this is not a far away war even, um, but it's one we know, and you know, you and I have walked in those places. Yeah, you know, Beersheba, we we've walked there together. Yeah, um, and that's that's just a stone's throw from where they want to attack next, where Hamas, Hamas threatened. So grieving with those who grieve, yeah. you know, God is compassionate, and we do remember that. You know, like even as um, as as Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, um, you know, he notes in Lamentations mm. that the grief and despair that are brought by by God uh, mm. are temporary still. And so we do grieve, but we we don't grieve as those without hope. Yeah. We grieve as those who have hope. God is compassionate, and and there will be a day. We'll, I know we'll talk tonight, but even you know moving forward in Unshakable, talking about the role that 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 location, that geography plays mm. in in world history, yeah. in, in the eventual culmination of all things. Yeah, yeah. I, again, this is Wednesday, uh, so there's so much to see what happens, but we at Oak Hill have a, a trip planned. Yeah. Uh, three weeks from tonight, we are supposed to leave. And that looks that looks probably like it's not going to happen now. Um, but had a chance to reach out to the woman who was going to be our tour guide just to check on her. Hmm. Um, and she lives at Yad Hashmona, which is a messianic believing community yeah. about 50 miles from Gaza. So that she's safe. She said, we, we spend... We spend a lot of time running to our rocket shelter. Yeah, but um, which could, every Israeli house built since 1993 is yeah, going to have. Yeah, a, a bomb-proof room. Yeah. So she said it could be worse. We're safe, but she said, and this is the thing. She asked for prayer. She said, um, every single man in my village has been called up, and will be fighting in the next few days. Um, talk to um, my contact at Sarel Tours who helps us on the ground. Mm-hmm. And um, my contact said, yeah, we, we have employees whose brothers and husbands have been killed already or, mm-hmm. or kidnapped. So yeah, it, it, it's personal for, for Israelis, very, very personal. Yeah. But they, you know, they move there knowing the risks, especially those in those kibbutzes near Gaza. They, they know the risks. Yeah. They're hardy people. They're yes. resilient people. Uh, but they're fiercely patriotic. And... Um, so yeah, it, it's um, 
it's tough. It's hard to, in terms of the, what you asked about listening, um, I had somebody in our church reach out to me a couple of days ago and say, hey, I've got this friend who's saying all these things about Israel and how do I respond? And then I've got, I want to make a post on Facebook. And, and you know, I just said, look, please don't. Mm. <laughs> I said, for right now, look, you're, if, if you've got an unbelieving person who's uninformed about the situation, you are not going to change their mind. Right. That conversation is probably not going to be fruitful. That post on Facebook is likely to just inflame things. So now's the time to, you, like you said, just listen. If you can, if you can add a little context to people in conversation, hey, have you thought about this, mm. thought about that? That's wonderful. But now's not the time to, to get on your soapbox yeah. Yeah. And, and preach. We, know what you believe and why you believe it, but at the same time, listen carefully right mm. now. And, and, you know, and, and if people are hurting, then step in with the gospel. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of grief going around. There is, you know, you mentioned the ancient history here, Yeah. you know, and I do think that we don't have to dig in super deep, but I do think that's important to, to highlight. You know, we read in Romans 10 and 11, and oftentimes I think in our conservative circles, we, we almost use it as like a finger wagging moment. Mm. Like, oh, you Jews, you didn't, you didn't get it, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. first time around right. and you rejected the Messiah. Right. And when we, I think we can be arrogant, even, even in our best attempts to try to be humble yeah. in this, um, I don't typically see many Christians be overly sympathetic to Jews, right? Um, but we, but I think to a to a Christian, we would all affirm Jesus was a Jew. Yeah, Jesus our faith, came to the Jews. Yeah, our faith grows out of it, right? And one day, right, it still means something. Yeah, what whether somebody lines up with a covenant theological position or not, and I'm not right. trying to take shots and, and, and swing on that. Um, but the reality is we, we exist as believers today grafted in. Right. We do. Right. There are some Messianic Jews who are not grafted in. Right. Part of the line. Right. Yeah. Romans 10 and 11 talk about us being grafted in. Yeah. And it talks about the promise being to the Jews. Mm -hmm. And we're, and several years ago, I know you actually preached on this. I don't know if the Sermons are still alive, so we'll pull them out of the archive maybe. Um, but this is a hard, because we went through Romans yeah, right. as a church. Um, this is a hard um, set of passages to understand, but I also think it's very humbling to remember that God's not done with Israel. And the, and the land still matters. The land matters. Especially when you, when you read in, in, in Zechariah where it says, his feet will be on the Mount of Olives. Right, mm. that he will stand on the Mount of Olives. So, yeah. and and he will he will walk to his temple. Yeah. So there is physical. There's a physical aspect to his return. The the battle that he will fight is in the land. Um, so it matters, and so we can't just ignore it. And he was a Jew, and and without Judaism, what are we built on? <laughs> right. Uh, so we we've, we've got to have empathy and we've got to care. I mean, you can, even if, even if you want to, you say, well, my theology, you know, I, I'm different, you know, Israel, Israel's replaced, blah, blah, blah. Would love to have that debate with you. <laughs> but just from a practical standpoint, this is a, a Western style democracy surrounded by um, Arab dictatorships. They deserve our love and our support and our prayer. Yeah. And, um, and because the land is special, in fact, this Sunday, again, this, this will, post the day after this Sunday, we're going to talk about the beauty of Zion from Psalm 48. Mm. Now it's symbolic of other things and we'll get into that, but 
it does matter. Yeah. So yeah, Roman, read Romans 10 and 11. When God chose it. Yeah. We, we didn't choose it. Right. And that's what's fascinating, right? Right. right. God told Abraham to go up on yeah. Mount Moriah. Like yeah. when we think about God's choosing, we, we can't diminish that and, and try to soft pedal it just to fit a theological system even right is what I would caution. Right. Um, but even in that, you know, you're highlighting the the importance to, to grieve with others to care for them. And that's one yeah. of our principles in our covenant. That's right. And our church covenant, our fifth principle is right. that we're going to ba- basically be with people in their joys and mm-hmm. in their sorrows. Right. We're going to weep with those who are weeping. Right. And now even, even though we may not share um, faith because they're, they're absolutely are people in, in Israel who don't believe in Jesus as Messiah, but there are people who do. Yeah. And whether they're people who do or people who don't, there is atrocities being committed right now that are, there's some of the worst um, that I've seen and heard of. And traveling around, you know, I've, I've had the privilege to see Arab nations to spend mm. time there. I've had the privilege to see nations, um, many nations, uh, various from Western culture to African culture, the last one, I, I just need some Latin culture. That's mm. that's where I need to go. But in all these other nations, I see I see the effects of Islam. I see the effects of Buddhism. I see the effects of Hinduism. Mm. I see the effects of Catholicism or Orthodox um, Christianity, which is not Christianity. I see the effects of all these things, but I got to tell you, some of the most unsafe, unfriendly, most intense places are those places that are operated by Islam. Mm-hmm. And I'm not yeah. saying that to scare anyone or to make a judgment of hatred. I'm right. saying when you said pray for them because yeah. they're surrounded. Right. Yes, <laughs> I, I have felt what it's like to be in a village surrounded by Muslims who when they find out that I'm a Christian, yeah. everything changes Yeah. and they're watching me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also seen this. I've seen Muslims come to faith. Mm. I've seen people that come from a Muslim background come to Jesus. Now, personally, I've only talked to Jews who've come to to faith, um, meaning um, I haven't heard all the stories of transformation. But what's so special is you think about that that place has a stage for the end of days. Mm-hmm. It is the stage it is, for the right, end of days. Right. There will be on that end of days when it's over, there will be Christians from today, mm-hmm. there will be people who had a background of Judaism. Mm-hmm. There will be people from the background of Islam. Mm-hmm. There will be people from the background of Buddhism and, and Hinduism praising Jesus. Yeah. That's our great hope. Right. We need to remember that um, yeah. you know, as, we're, as we're wrestling with what does the word Palestinian mean? What is, what is Hamas as an organization? And it's not an organization. They're terrorists. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is going on? Why is Israel responding so fiercely when I see rubble, you know, more rubble in Gaza than I see in Israel? Yeah. You know, what is, what, how do I make sense of that? Right. You know, when we're beginning to, to come to grips and asking the hard questions, I think we also need to remember, okay, pause. At the end of the day, at the end of days, Jesus is going to return. Mm-hmm. Like you just read, he is going to set his feet mm-hmm. on the Mount of Olives. Right. He is going to reclaim his land that he chose. That's right. <laughs> Not that we chose. Yeah. And in all of that, there are going to be people from every race, nation, tribe, tongue who are praising his name. Amen. Not praising our name. So we don't want to get caught up in that propaganda. Yeah. Not, not the propaganda of, of a political movement or a political statement. That doesn't mean we don't care. Right. We absolutely care about righteousness. We care about pursuing justice, um, things that 
that please God. Yeah. I mean, Micah 6, 8 says to, to do justice, to, yeah. to love, love loving kindness or yeah. mercy, mm-hmm. and to walk humbly with your God. Right. It's not the sacrifices that you bring. It's really your whole self, which again is reiterated in Romans 12, 1 and 2, mm-hmm. of being a living sacrifice. What are some other encouragements as you're, as you're interacting with believers that you would give? Yeah, let me let me also say something just because it's it's you know coming up in my brain as we're talking about these things. I want to be careful. You've talked about Muslims, yeah, and, and and there is a radical, obviously a radical aspect of that. Um, the Arab people themselves can be some of the most wonderful people. Yeah, uh, you've met them. I've yep. met them. So I want to be careful, <laughs> so lest anybody make an accusation against yeah. us. Um, it's interesting. There's more Christian Arabs in Israel than Israeli Christians. Hmm. Um, Israeli Christians are actually very unusual, but there's a number of Arabs that that have come to Christ. Yeah. And by the way, Arabs that are wonderful Israeli citizens. Hmm. So it's a mixed bag, so we yes. gotta be careful. So we're-, we're I've met several of them. Yeah. I've been in the home. Right. I've had dinner yeah. with, with a wonderful Arab who lives in Israel and invited me with his family. Uh, I've been in Nazareth and I've spent time yes. uh, with, with Arabs there. And we've so had some it, wonderful tour guides and bus drivers we have, that we've gotten to know who are Arab, absolutely, and 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 even and actually even Arab Muslims living yes. in Israel, but loyal, yes. loyal Israeli citizens. So, yeah. so understand what Hamas is. You said Correct. it. They are terrorists. They are ISIS. They are Al Qaeda. Um, and we just got to make sure we make those distinctions. Yeah, no, that's good, Jeff. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you highlighted that. Yeah. I don't want anyone to come away thinking that there's right. just hatred against a people group. Right, right, right. I think, right. and this is probably good for a future episode too, to talk about the distinctions, as we were talking about this with Ken earlier, to talk about the distinctions of, of what different religions are actually proposing. Yeah. When we're talking about what they actually propose, because then there's like you talk about a person, you know, we're coming up on Reformation. It is Reformation yeah. month right now. Yeah. Uh, and so there's there's a feeling that the Reformed people have about Catholics. Right. There's a right. feeling, right? Right. Right. Um, with that, that doesn't mean every person that um, is part of the Catholic faith is, you know, just the, the absolute worst. And you know, yeah. but it does. There there are things that come with the Catholic faith that actually that are not faith. They're not right. faith in Christ. They're right. not following Jesus as revealed in in God's word. There are distinctions. It's good and good to make sure we recognize those. But we recognize at the end of the day in the Reformation, you cannot earn your faith. Mm. That's a key thought that's, that's brought forward. Justification is pretty important. By faith. Yeah. And so we see that then that religion of Catholicism traps people at its at zenith, right? At its most intense into doing something to earn salvation. I would say, and you mentioned earlier that the Muslim faith came about much later, right? Mm-hmm. It is probably the youngest world religion. It is. Um, in that, if you take it to its zenith, it is not peace. No. If you take it to its zenith, no. it is not union with God. Right. And it's not earning your salvation either. Right. It's your own glory at any cost. Right. It's a de- now, Can I say it's, it's a death cult? Yes. Ultimately, in an ultimate sense. I'm not saying day to day. Correct. Every it's not Muslim the average feels that person. Way, but that's the ultimate vision. Correct. Yeah. So it's I think, domination I think it would and be submission. Good to walk through that someday, yeah. you know, whether it's on a thinking tree or unshakable. But yeah. those are distinctions. Yep. You know, they're in there. So go ahead. You you were going to well, give some just, encouragement. No, just you know, let's make sure we're responding. We're thinking rightly when we look at the news. And maybe, and I actually was thinking about this on my way over to your place tonight. I need to tone down the news right now in my mm. heart because it's 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 affecting my focus and my spirit. And I've got to be careful. I've got to guard myself carefully on that. 
So let's let's respond humbly and thoughtfully. Let's not be reactive. Let's yeah. not be overtly political right now. Let's just stand on what is what what we know about righteousness and about truth. Nobody's perfect in this scenario. Correct. We can recognize though the wickedness and the fact that that needs to be stamped out. And then we can also have empathy for what comes next. Yeah. And balancing all those things, it's a tension that we have to hold, but we can't swing from extreme to extreme. Right. Avoid the ditches. Yes, yeah. exactly. Let's stay balanced on that. Let's yeah, weep with those who weep. Let's pray for comfort mm. for those who are, I mean, imagine you've lost your whole family in such a horrific way uh, or, you're, or you've got somebody kidnapped. Um, pray for comfort for those and pray for messianic believers in the land to rise up to share yeah. the, the hope that we have in Christ. Um, but yeah, it's, there's just, there's a lot. Yeah, there is. And I'm glad you finished with prayer. You know, we texted briefly before church last Sunday, yeah. uh, knowing that this had just happened. And so we did incorporate it into our prayer, um, uh, that day. <clears throat> and, and that really, I think it, as you look at all of the the noise, and you mentioned that. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's what we come back to. You said, let's focus on what we know to be true mm. and let's pray. You know, let's have that constant dialogue with God. That's not just the the big moment of prayer, but that's the constant dialogue of God, you know, help this family that I just saw in the news. Yeah, God, right. you know, help this young person who lost their parents. God, help, you know, this woman who's at Yad Hashmanah who yeah. now everyone she knows is is going up into war. And uh, and God, help the, you know, the, the Arab bus driver that I knew right. uh, when I was in Israel. And right. I don't know where he is. And I don't know what's going on with his family. They're right. in the West Bank. And, you know, yeah. there's, it's so <laughs> complicated. But let's keep going to the Lord in prayer. Let's keep asking him. Uh, to be good in the midst of a broken world and to see the gospel go forth, um, that we would have opportunities even in a horrendous situation to bring the gospel. Yeah. Uh, and so for right now, uh, I think for all of us, you know, the the waiting and seeing, we can pray for our own team, as you mentioned, even, you know, feelings of disappointment, discouragement, fear. Yeah. Um, there's a lot there, but let's care for each other uh, and let's let's be Christ to others in their suffering and their difficulties, and help even to bring a level a level head to to conversations that we can bring grace filled words. Amen. That's good. Well, friends, um, we'll we'll resume our, our thinking tree program in the following week, uh, depending on uh, what what the world looks like. Um, but we do pray this conversation helped you, um, and we'll see you next time.